0: You are listening to the Mother Good Podcast, episode number 38. I'm your host, Emily Carney. We at Mother Good believe that there is no way to be a perfect mom, but many ways to be a good one. Our content is judgment free within the context of evidence based research. Welcome to another episode of the Mother Good Podcast. I'm so excited to have Lisa Canning on our show. We actually recorded this episode a few months ago, right before everything happened with the coronavirus. And then we were having a lot of episodes on COVID related topics. And so I'm so excited we can finally share with you this episode because Lisa has so much good information to share with all of you. She is actually a mom coach and she wrote the book, The Possibility Mom to help moms achieve their dreams. Now, before Lisa became a life coach, she actually was an interior designer and stylist. She designed homes on the show Marriage Under Construction on HGTV. And she shares on this episode how she transitioned from being an interior stylist for a big TV show into her true passion, which was helping other moms find their passion. Now, back in February, Lauren Michelle and I did an episode called Can Moms Really Do It All? And in that episode, we talk about similar themes as we do in this episode with Lisa. And some of what we say in that episode might seem a little contradictory to what we cover in this episode with Lisa. But what Lisa's main point is in this episode is that she takes moms where they are at in their life circumstances and what their dreams are, and she works with those moms. And she also covers in this episode how moms can achieve their dreams no matter what their circumstances are which might entail modifying those dreams. So really what we were saying in our previous episode of whether or not moms can really do it all, I think it was more of a realistic narrative. You know, we were balancing the negative viewpoint with the positive viewpoint and trying to come out neutral in the very end. But when a mom is really trying to achieve her dreams, she really needs a boost of confidence and she really needs someone to work with her certain circumstances and to have a boost of positivity. And that's what I really like what Lisa brings into this episode and adds to this conversation of motherhood and dreams is that positivity because we can still be realistic and then at the same time, Have an overarching view of positivity so that we can indeed achieve our dreams within the confines of our particular life circumstances, which is exactly what Lisa talks about in this episode. So if you are looking for encouragement, but also realistic solutions, because Lisa is very realistic, but she is realistic with a positive spin, because ultimately that's what is necessary in order to achieve whatever dream it is you would like to as a mother and whatever that dream entails. Finally, Lisa has generously offered all of our listeners additional free training. So if you really enjoyed our conversation today, you can just go to lisacanning.ca slash mothergood to sign up. I have heard so many great things about Lisa's coaching. So if you want to just get a free taste of what it's like, I highly encourage you to check out her free training at that link. Again, it's lisacanning.ca slash mothergood. So without further ado, here is my amazing conversation with Lisa. Thank you all for joining us on another episode of the Mother Good Podcast. Today we have a special guest, Lisa Canning, who is an author, a writer, and um, she also is a coach, um, former interior designer. So she wrote this book called The Possibility Mom that is super inspiring. She sent me a copy, and it's just a really great book. So if you haven't heard about it, uh, you definitely probably want to get your hands on it and definitely want to tune in to Lisa and our chat today. So Here we go. Here is Lisa and she's on the air with us right now. So Lisa, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure, Emily. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Well, I'm so excited to finally have you on. I know we had to reschedule a bit because of the flu season and people on my end and people in my house getting sick. So thanks for bearing with us. Could you start off by telling everyone about yourself or those who don't know you?
1: Absolutely. So I grew up in Toronto, Canada, where I worked for the majority of my career in interior design. I actually got my start on an HDTV show and then worked behind the scenes quite a bit um, on different HDTV shows and was in front of the camera as a um, on-air presenter, that kind of thing. Um, but the interesting thing was as rapidly as my interior design business grew my size of family grew just as rapidly. So I went from zero to eight children, now eight children in 10 years. So basically every 18 months, (laughs) a child has come into the world, a brand new canning. And so what was interesting was that people stopped asking me questions about interior design. People began to become just much more interested in, in how on earth do you run your life? How do you get out of the house with lipstick on? How do you seem to be happy both working and having a whole bunch of kids in tow? And so that was the birth of my new career as a speaker, author, and coach, and where my book, The Possibility Mom, came from.
0: Great. And I know that you took over our Mother Good page a few months back to show a typical day in your life. And I remember you mentioned how you had to try to juggle uh, your interior design career with your children. And I remember one story in particular, when you took uh, one of your children to a, a work site, maybe you could talk about that story. I'm not sure if that's one of the biggest struggles in your journey of motherhood or your personal experience of motherhood, but I really like that story. And maybe you shared that and, and whatever the biggest struggle in your journey to motherhood has been.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, for my, for me, my interior design career was very revelatory of where my priorities were. I would bend over backwards for clients. I would do anything and everything to you know, build my career, including double booking myself, saying I would be one place for my kids, but then instead show up at something for work. It was a very challenging thing for me to see and admit that I cared more about my work sometimes, and to be honest, most often than the in and out activities of my family. And it's interesting because I felt like I was being there for them that I was providing for them because I was providing an income because I was providing opportunity. Uh, but be- it became very painfully apparent just how out of whack my priorities, um, had gotten when I had my fourth baby in five years, my baby rose. And it was an interesting, um, visceral experience, to be honest, I was sitting in my minivan and it was November and there was this beautiful light dusting of snow in Toronto. And you know how like when it snows, everything just looks like perfect and still and beautiful. And I remember just thinking how sharp a contrast that was from the inside of my minivan. Like my minivan basically looked like, Garbage and sippy cups and goldfish crackers had thrown up or exploded over every single surface. Um, I had sippy cups and like crushed goldfish and garbage from all of these fast food places because I was eating on the road all the time. I had interior design things all over my passenger seat and I had a baby bag and my brand new baby girl in the back of my minivan, just five days out of hospital. I had put so much pressure on myself to show everyone that you could do it all, that you could have it all. And that was the day I realized that my priorities were as messy as my minivan. And that was the day I literally said, no more. There has got to be another way that a mom can follow her dreams, that a mom can feel like she is fulfilled But not at the expense of her relationship with her husband, you know, of her health, of her relationship with her kids. And so basically, that was the start of everything. That was really the beginning of this whole possibility mom enterprise, this realization that my priorities were so out of alignment.
0: I'm sure you saw on our Instagram polls that we recently did a study or a little survey, I guess you could say, on our Instagram followers on whether or not moms felt like they had to give up on their dreams or put them on hold after becoming a mom. And I know that you saw that an an overwhelming majority, 75%, said that they had to give up on their dreams or put them on hold after becoming a mom. And 83% said achieving their dreams was more difficult after becoming a mom. And I know that you were pretty appalled at those polls. And uh, we actually did record recently an episode that, that hasn't aired yet. So you you couldn't listen to it. But, but by the time this episode airs, that it will have aired. Um, what, what did you think about those polls? And what are your thoughts on that?
1: You know, Emily, I, <laughs> they were heart wrenching. Like, I really was so challenged when I saw Every single response. And I, I, I screen grabbed every single response because I wanted to really think about and really reflect on the state of motherhood today. Um, I want to thank you, by the way, for doing that because I do think it's so important that people give this piece of voice, that we have these frank conversations on what does it mean to number one, follow your dreams um within motherhood but number 2 like what does it mean to do that well and so to be honest for me i think the thing that i was just most challenged by and that really frustrated me and i can obviously see you frustrated um your followers was just this notion that it's not possible or that you need to put your dreams on hold indefinitely and i'll just be honest with you to me that is a recipe for mom disaster and let me tell you why i really believe the design of motherhood does not include a mom being miserable and to me the pursuit of dreams comes into a woman's like holistic design it contributes to a woman's overall feeling of fulfillment and satisfaction and happiness should that pursuit of dreams take her away from her family in a way that is going to be detrimental and overly challenging and kind of like what I was experiencing in the minivan, like just priorities, not in alignment. No, absolutely not. That's not what I'm arguing. But what I am arguing is that I believe we need strategy. We need strategy as moms to discern and realize what are the activities that need my attention What are things that do not need my attention? What can I delegate, automate, or delete completely? And what can I learn to do better so that I can pursue my dreams within motherhood and be a great mom at the same time? I really do believe it.
0: I thought it was interesting that a lot of moms actually said that being a mom in and of itself was their dream. And I think that that's beautiful too. So in in the episode that we recorded on whether or not moms can do it all um, recently, and and if you haven't listened to it, and you're listening to this um, podcast right now, go back and you can listen to that too, where Lauren and I just kind of debate, you know, the challenges and difficulties and also the beauty of of motherhood and dreams. Um, But you know, I, guess, I think part of the discussion, too, has to do with what, what is a mom's dream? Because if her dream is in and of itself to become a mom, then then obviously that that's, that's great. Then she doesn't really have to pursue anything outside of that. But I think what we're talking about right now are dreams. If it, if you have dreams that are outside of being a mom, is that is that what you would say?
1: I think it's an important distinction to make because... Um, The pursuit of fulfillment, okay, let's call it that, fulfillment, feeling fulfilled. And and there are many things that I think can illustrate or describe fulfillment, feeling peaceful, um, feeling like you're doing what you're meant to be doing, um, feeling like you have found your true calling, for example. For some women, that will keep them primarily inside the home. I have women that I coach as well as friends that I know personally Who are deeply fulfilled with their time at home and they are um, deeply, um, they feel like they are pursuing their true calling. And then I have friends who feel like they are called outside of the home for things like starting your own businesses, um, doing things like what I'm doing. Um, And their true calling is taking them someplace that is also outside of the home. And I think the big thing to remember is that it's not either or, that every single mother is created incredibly uniquely. And that one of the most exciting adventures of life, to be honest, in my humble opinion, is that we get to figure out and decide for ourselves in a lot of ways and discover, to be honest, what we're meant to do with our short time on this planet, you can make so much impact in the home that will impact the world. The job of mothering and creating human beings is arguably one of the most difficult jobs in the entire world. You know, I remember Rachel Campos Duffy. This is is years ago. She wrote a book called Stay Home, Stay Happy. And I remember in her book, she talked about how if she was to write a job description of someone um, to come and take care of her kids or like someone to tutor her kids or whatever, she was putting in all of the things. Well, they need to be able to speak two languages. They need to be like CPR trained. They need to be well-rounded. They need to have a musical background. Da, da 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 She listed this whole thing. I'm paraphrasing obviously. And she realized at the end of this job description that she had created, she was describing herself like it. It's it is such a job and a calling, and one, by the way, which we can grow in professionally, quote unquote. We can grow in our ability to discipline. We can grow in our ability to um, run our homes with efficacy. We can grow in our abilities to do anything: cook, clean, um, love our husbands, um, create, you know, an uh, a beautiful home. We can grow in all of those things. So that's. Point one that for some women, um, well, for all of us to be honest, who are moms, we can always grow um, in our ability to be good mothers. So it's not it's not that we have to. Um, uh, it's not either or. It's not like you're you're you're, you're staying at home or you're not staying home. It's not it's not about being divisive. To be honest, in my humble opinion, it is about understanding that we are all uniquely made and that we all have this incredible, amazing potential. To do something with our short time here on Earth. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it definitely. And it kind of reminds me when you're talking about that book's uh, stay home, stay happy, that there is this recent, I don't know if you saw it, it, it went viral, a recent job description of someone basically was looking for a nanny, I think it was. And 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 it was that that job description that was basically like describing a mom, you know, can do this sport and speak this language and do this and that. And it was just so specific. And I guess that just illustrates the, the really importance of being a mother in and of itself too. And, and probably, um, you know, when, when we are talking about dreams that, you know, obviously none of us would probably be a mother if, if motherhood wasn't our first and foremost dream, but I, I definitely agree. It's important to have, have a dream outside of that. So I uh, switching gears a little bit, could you tell us about what your book the possibility, mom, is about. Is it basically about everything that we're that we're chatting about for those who haven't
1: read it? Yes, but I just want to hit on something that we just talked about. That your dream can be being the best mom ever. I think that's so important to also highlight that it's not like you have to have a dream outside of motherhood. And I think that's where the 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 sometimes the the um, friction can lie. Um, and really, it's just about. We all are uniquely called, and we all have to find what Jennifer Fullweiler calls our blue flame, the thing that lights us up, that makes us feel alive. For some women, that is going to be homeschooling, creating amazing meals from scratch. And for some women, it is going to be uh, some kind of activity that takes them outside of the home. So, So my book, To Answer Your Question, The Possibility, Mom, How to Be a Great Mom and Pursue Your Dreams at the Same Time, is really a roadmap on how to figure out what it is you've been called to do. Because what I find in uh, what I found in myself um, in interior design, what I found with my clients, what I found with many of my friends was this overemphasis on external accomplishments. This really like, you know, call it whatever you want to call it, call it Western culture, call it what social media heralds is amazing, whatever it is. But this Emphasis on what we do for work, or what we produce, or what our homes look like—all external things that contribute to our self-worth and our sense of identity—and how there was just this saturation, almost, or just like imbalanced um, view that this is the only thing that makes us whole, that makes us, um, you know, fulfilled, that makes us feel complete—and that's just not true. We have to look at ourselves more as a holistic human being. And so the possibility mom, how to um, be a great mom and pursue your dreams at the same time provides what I hope, <laughs> what I hope a bit of a roadmap for a mom to figure out what that really means. What does that look like? Is my true potential or my true calling to work outside of the home or is it to be home more? Um, how do I get out of a situation like like I was in, in my minivan where I realized I was working Way too much, but there could be a different way. How can I pursue these um, activities and interests that take me outside of the home, but not at the detriment of my family? My hope and prayer for this book is that it provides women and dads. I've gotten lots of messages from people who call themselves possibility dads, which I think is really cute, Uh, but how to navigate that and how to navigate that with success.
0: Do you think it's mostly about changing mindsets? Then it, it sounds like what you're saying is that you know once you become a mom, you have to kind of take your circumstances as a mom and your dreams as a mom, and kind of integrate mother good or sorry motherhood <laughs> Freudian slip there. Incorporate motherhood as part of your dream if it is outside of the home. Is that is that sort of I guess how you could encapsulate your your book, like that we could best support moms or change their mindset so that then they could be able to achieve their dreams?
1: You know what, what I would love my book to do on the world is change the mindset around how we manage time. To be very frank with you, I think that's like the real heart of it. I think there's two pieces. Number one, there is a mindset around what is my identity and what is my purpose, absolutely, and is motherhood part of that? Um, is my work part of that? Like asking all of those questions and coming to a conclusion and realizing what you're supposed to do with your time on Earth. So that's definitely um, one part of what I praise the impact of the book. But what I really hope, you know, if I if I if I was remembered for only one thing because this is a question that I get asked all the time. You've got eight children. We just moved to Southwest Florida. Um, You know, I was homeschooling for a period. Like just all these different things. I'm a wife. I'm a a speaker. I I coach moms. Like there's many different hats that I wear. And of course, the question I get asked is, is how do I do it? The way that I do it is that I am really strategic about how I use my time. And that is the mindset that I would love to challenge all um, moms to, to really like, just think about differently. Um, Let me be super frank with you. We have had all kinds of um, situations in terms of finances. We've had times when we've had lots of money, and we've had times when we've had not so much money. We've also then had all kinds of different ways that we've approached childcare. So we've had childcare that was my mom, that was free. We've had childcare that was a few days a week, high school students in the neighborhood. We had a full time live in nanny most recently, and now after our move to Southwest Florida, we've got very limited childcare. We rely on um, some university students in the neighborhood. So what? And and from coaching the many women that I've coached in all different walks of life, homeschoolers, non-homeschoolers, academics, people who work in high levels in, um, you know, administration, all those kinds of things, anyone and everyone, it does not matter how much childcare you have, how much money you have. Everyone can be strategic in the way that they approach their time. And I'm speaking just like Like if no one remembers anything from this interview, that is what I hope people remember. And that is what I hope the true impact of my work is, is that you get to pick what you do with your time. You get to pick how much time you scroll on Instagram. You get to pick how many episodes of a show you watch on Netflix. You get to pick what time you wake up and what time you go to bed. Largely, you can control those activities and how you control those activities will then, you know, spill into the kind of impact, the kind of dreams you can pursue. We have much more autonomy and control over our time than I think most of the world wants to realize.
0: I'm glad you shared the tidbit about your childcare, because I think that that's always the big elephant in the room is who, who watches the kids while you're doing everything. Um, so I'm going to play the devil's advocate, and I know that I warned you about this, <laughs> so I'm not, like, putting you in a corner or something, um, but to to play the devil's advocate, aren't there s- realistically some moms who really have to give up on or change their dreams? And I'm just speaking from some personal experience to myself is, so um, I worked in litigation for a few years, and f- for anyone who doesn't know what that is, is basically when an, a- an attorney uh, works in uh, a field that's constantly in court or like writing, drafting papers and constantly like um, talking and speaking and arguing with opposing counsel, basically everything that involves lawsuits. So I did that for a few years. And I, when I was in law school, I originally thought that that, that was my dream job that I wanted to do. You know, once I got in it, I realized that it, it wasn't. Um, but I was just thinking like, if that was my, dream field litigation like I just really wanted to be a litigator you know that there would be no way for me to do that without someone watching my child you know in child care you know what I'm saying like I would if I and I would barely be able to spend any time with her so if that was my dream then I would have to give up time with my child does that make sense or um so I guess what my question is is that Aren't there some circumstances where a mom would have to change what her dream is if the career she wants to be in doesn't really fit fit that? And another one of my co-hosts, uh, Lauren Michelle, so she couldn't make it today because she's in med school. So she does some of our recordings. So she's in med school and she studies like 10 to 12 hours a day. But, you know, the other f- sacrifice of that is that she doesn't really see her child that much. But that is a dream of her. So anyway... Um, I understand what you're saying that you have to be strategic and, and sometimes we do waste time if we're watching Netflix or, or scrolling on Instagram. But I guess, how do you reconcile those sorts of situations?
1: Mm-hmm. I've got a couple thoughts for you, uh, Emily. And thank you for sharing that. I, 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 absolutely. Like when I, th- there definitely were times in my past where I felt like children were an impediment to dreams. I really did. I, there was a time when I felt like children were, um, an impediment to money-making and um, to um, pursuing things on a list that I had. Um, so I definitely can can relate to that. Where I think is important to begin is legacy. So it's, it's like where I begin in The Possibility Mom. What is the legacy you want to leave on the earth? What do you want to be remembered for? When you are you know, in a, um, even to bring it back a little bit from your death, like not to make it so morbid, your 65th birthday, let's say. You know, a, a, an exercise that I teach inside my online program, Conquer Your Calendar, is imagine yourself literally walking into a room for your 65th birthday. Your husband is there, your children are there, maybe God willing, your grandchildren are there, um, co workers and what have you. Like, what do you hope people say? Who do you hope is in that room? what kind of impact at your 65th birthday do you hope you have made? And that's really, I think, where our dreams need to stem from. Let me just give you a practical example. I, When I had my minivan meltdown, I then became obsessed with time management. I became obsessed with um, productivity and trying to figure these things out. And I realized extremely acutely that I wanted my children to remember me as a good mom. Um, I remember um, in that season, um, part of my personal development obsession led me to a course uh, by Michael Hyatt called Five Days to Your Best Year Ever. And one of the exercises was to describe the last year of your life like a movie. And I remember turning to my husband and saying, oh my gosh, my movie was goals met. Um, And the genre of the movie was adventure. And I remember he turned to me and he said, my movie was vice grip and the genre was horror. And I just remember feeling like how on earth could I not see how negatively, um, my actions were impacting my marriage. And so I think that's where it has to begin is the legacy you want to leave and that the legacy is not only your job. Now, let me again, give you a really practical example. There were times in my career where, um, for example, I worked in Atlanta for a period. Uh, to, to give a more um, recent example, I went on a book tour. I, I was in um, New York for the Today Show. I was in um, LA for hallmark and Family. Um, the, the book has taken me on some grand adventures. And of course, my children were at home being watched by someone else. But I think we have to make these decisions with this overall legacy in mind. And understanding that, sure, there are going to be opportunities potentially um, where you may decide strategically to leave your children with um, trusted caregivers, Um, but that has to be done in concert or in consideration, I think. Of the overall legacy you want to leave and then what i would say to um, someone like your co-host who is studying a great deal and wants to be available to her children is to think then super strategically about what in my life does not require my attention and what can i then delegate or delete or automate in some way so for example grocery shopping to be honest I don't believe working mothers, (laughs) unless they love to grocery shop, like unless it gives them life, should be physically going into grocery stores themselves. I think that is um, time much better suited to um, another activity. Um, What I suggest people do who are working corporate careers is to have their groceries delivered, for example, or the kind of groceries where you make a list, you automate the list, you pull your car up, and then they're in Um, They're loaded into your van, like really simply. Um, Even things like home maintenance or auto maintenance, things where people could potentially come to you or where it is a very streamlined experience and you're not necessarily, um, uh, you're you're cutting down the amount of time that it takes to do tasks that are not essential for you to be doing. So that's where um, I think we have to be ninja strategic, realizing the things that require us like being wives, like being moms, only we can do. But many other things, and the majority of those things are domestic, can be delegated either to older children, um, to our spouses, um, or to hired um, assistants if uh, your budget allows.
0: I definitely know she she does that delegate as much as possible. So it sounds like um, what you're saying then is as long as your dream, you know, incorporates well into your lasting legacy and what you want to be remembered by, then you would make those sacrifices then with your time. And then you would be able to determine whether or not you want to make those sacrifices and then kind of make it work, I guess, is that kind of of what you're saying in a nutshell?
1: I think that our schedules must be um, informed by our priorities. And so if you want to be a good mother, there are activities in your calendar that have to show up to necessitate you being a good mother. If that makes sense, if you want to be a good wife, there have got to be calendar entries in your calendar that allow you to be a good wife, like going on a date night, for example, or putting your phone away uh, for a period. Um, and that's really what I what I teach and what I hope um, people remember is that. You, your, the way you spend your time, can absolutely and should absolutely be informed by your priorities.
0: What about women and mothers who are lower income? That th- those always come to my mind too. I know that you said that sometimes you get by with uh, very little or no child care. What What would you say maybe to a mom who is is Lower income and struggling, and I guess it's easy for me to see how someone who you know has a good paying job or who ha- whose husband has a good paying job um, is able to make it work. But what about someone who doesn't make as much and and doesn't have enough money for childcare and maybe wants to pursue something else outside of the home? I guess what what would you say to a client who's in
1: that kind of situation? To get really creative, I love this question. This question gives me so much life. So, for example who can you buddy up with in the community? Like who, who do you know that would be happy to take your children for a few hours every morning, for example, or one morning a week? And then you pay the favor back and you give that mom a few hours to do whatever she wants to do child-free. Um, I teach people also to think about what are the things that you can do with success with children around and then, what is absolutely necessary for you to be, you know, child-free um, and and focused to do, and be very, very clear on what those different kinds of activities are, and to be um, just laser-focused when you do have child-free um, time, like when you are able to be focused, that you really only do the things that um, will move your dream forward, but also. Um, you have the discipline to say, okay, well, I'm not going to scroll on Instagram at this time, if that makes sense. Um, And to remember that it is not a sign of weakness to ask for help. I think that is a really big piece of this conversation that I think we forget that we we feel bad or we feel like, oh no, I don't want to burden anybody. This is not how we always parented. We did not always parent in this way that is like, I have to do it all. <laughs> I have to do it all myself. Um, in your-
0: Right, right. That's something that we discuss, actually, the history of motherhood and how it looked like over the centuries um, in, in the episode that we recorded on doing it all. So it's kind of really enlightening. We
1: parented in communities. like Really, not that long ago, women would get together and Kids would be running around and women would be cleaning together and cooking together. And, you know, it was not unusual for children to be with other parents, to be with other family members. We have gotten so far away from that. And I understand, like, I'm not trying to be naive that, you know, oh, well, we just have to, you know, create these utopian communities. (laughs) Um, I, I totally get it, especially in busy cities where we live in condos or we live in, Environments where you sometimes don't see your neighbors like ever. I get it. It requires work. It requires vulnerability. It requires stepping outside of yourself and making new friends if you don't know people and all that stuff. But I do believe that is a required element of the of modern motherhood. Like we we need to create community, um, and that creation of community, I believe, also helps to fuel in a practical way our ability to pursue our blue flames, to pursue our personal goals and dreams.
0: Definitely. No, those are, that's a really good point. Um, So what, what does a day look like in your life? Now I know that you mentioned that you were on tour recently for your book, which is super exciting. Uh, what does a typical day look like? Or even if there is a typical day, maybe there isn't <laughs> that you could maybe share for listeners and how you make it work.
1: Yeah. So Emily, like I'll be very transparent. We're in this funny season where we've moved to Southwest Florida. We thought we could bring our nanny with us, but then just um, legally and cross-border related, we, we couldn't bring her. Um, and so we're kind of in this funny period of finding childcare, getting into new routines. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you my, my, my regular schedule is, um, juggling. <laughs> I am currently a juggler. I I send my kids to school, my older kids, my five older kids to school. Um and then in that morning period when my little kids nap, that is when I typically go into deep work time. Um then when my little kids are up, we are usually out doing um, you know, domestic things like we might uh, go grocery shopping, we might in, we might put um, a park visit into that, I might have friends over for a playdate. Um I do things that other moms do, like clean the house, do laundry and whatnot. And then um, when my kids get back from school, it's kind of like typically um, my phone is away. Um, One really painful thing I learned when I was um, uh, working quite a bit was just how distracted I was and constantly on my phone. Um, and so I had to give myself um, a bit of a boundary with my phone if I wanted to ensure that my my, my kids remembered me as a present mom. I remembered that was my big thing. They will not remember me as a present mom if I'm always distracted on my phone. Um, and then in the evening, typically because of this season of working out childcare, in the evening is typically when I will work. And that is when I will typically host webinars or do coaching calls um, or create content. So right now it's kind of this interesting trend time. Uh, but the the, the the key piece that I think um, harkens back to what we've been talking about in this conversation is I've had to get laser focused on what are the things in my business that will continue to move things forward and be laser focused to focus on those things and then hand off, delegate um, other elements that I know don't require my attention. So for me, it's creating the content, creating the content and coaching women one-on-one, are my areas of focus. And that is typically happening currently in this season. Um, when the kids are in bed, you know, if you ask me, what is my ideal? I would say that I'm working towards getting back into a system where I'm working mainly during the day, but this is why I think I feel so strongly about this topic. Childcare does not necessarily have to be the thing that holds you back. I'm in this funny season, you know. I'm just being very transparent, um, where I'm, I'm juggling. <laughs> I, I, you know, and it, it's, I, I had a taste of what it was like to, um, work during the day more. And I think just for my own energy uh, and being able to, you know, focus and, um, and all that things, like I, I think I just work better during the day. But right now in the season that I'm in, I'm okay with working um, for a few hours in the evening in order to continue moving forward the goal of the Possibility Mom. Because for me, again, coming back to legacy, I know what I want to impact. I know who I want to impact. I know I want moms all over the English-speaking world for now (laughs) until my work gets translated into other, other languages I want moms to feel that they can pursue their dreams and be great moms at the same time. And so I've had to practice, to be honest, Emily, what I what I preach. I've had to practice, okay, if I want to be remembered as a great wife and a great mom, um, how can I show up for those people the way that I know is going to be successful in achieving that and still continue um, the work that I know I've been called to do?
0: I love how transparent you are because I know that not not all moms who are so encouraging of, of other moms in the way that you are, are so transparent. So I really appreciate that. And, and to be transparent myself, you know, I I hear you on the, the childcare situation. Um, but I don't know for, for me, you know, I tried the whole working after the kids went to bed thing. And, and, you know, sometimes I do that too. It just takes me so much longer to get stuff done and I'm just so much more tired and then I end up staying up late and then I'm tired the next day and I feel like I'm not as great of a mom because I'm doing that. But I don't know, maybe that's just me and everyone else handles the the working later differently. But I don't know. For me personally, it's like I, I either need a nap, like a solid two to three hour nap or childcare, but maybe I'm just
1: weird. I don't know. <laughs> No, no, you're not weird. But I think the point I'm trying to make, um, and maybe I'm not making it as articulately because I just had a baby and I'm still in this newborn. <laughs> we 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 just had our baby, our eighth baby, Colleen. Um, she's just a month actually. No, she's almost almost six weeks. Um, so the thing that I think is key here is that this isn't where I want to stay, but I'm willing to tread through the murky waters or, you know, get dirty, do it messy, do it imperfectly in order to keep the goal um, and the wheels moving towards where I would ideally like to go. And that's the thing. It's like, I know myself and I know the women that I coach sometimes can look at an activity and think, well, it has to be perfect. Okay. Well, no, it's got to be like, I've got to do this in daylight hours. I've got to do this, um, you know, with this perfect pen, with this monogram mug, it's got to be Instagram worthy. What if it was just good enough? And so right now in the season I'm in working at night, Is good enough, you know. I try to not really work past nine PM because I'm trying to go to bed at ten and wake up. Um, by um, my goal is five. That's a good goal. (laughs) Myself because I, I just had a baby, so I'm being gentle. But you can still set that intention, like even um even when you've just had a baby, you can set the intention of waking up at five. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But then recalibrate when you need to, if you don't think it's healthy for you to wake up at five, then don't wake up at five. But if you feel like you can, and then maybe take a nap later, like we were just talking about, if your schedule allows you to, um, uh, you know, make that happen. So the point is, is that, I'm still working towards what would be more ideal, but I'm willing to do it messy and to do it gritty and to do it in perhaps the most, um, the, the not most ideal way, but knowing that it's going to keep me moving. I think the worst thing a mom can do is stop moving. Like, just stop, just say, forget it. Hands up in the air. I'm not going to pursue my dreams. Do you know how much can happen? Whatever your dream is, insert dream, insert dream of knitting, insert dream of um, starting a podcast, insert dream of being a better homeschooler, insert dream of learning a second language, like insert any dream, 15 minutes every single day is better than zero minutes every single day. 15 minutes can be found in so many places. 15 minutes can be found when you're taking your kids on a walk um, while they're strapped in a stroller. 15 minutes can be found by waking up 15 minutes earlier and doing something that brings you joy, that is your passion, that is the thing that fires you up, and doing that, that is what is going to keep you moving and keep you towards um, this goal, this dream in your heart, and I think sometimes we just, you know, use the, to use the expression "throw the baby out with the bathwater." It's like, well, if it can't be perfect or it can't be looking exactly like I pictured, then I'm just not even going to try anyway. We have to try. Our dreams are worth it. And the thing, the last thing, Emily, I, I get very fired up, as you can tell, <laughs> is that I believe our children want us to be happy, and. I believe that our dreams are 100% tied up in that. And again, some of those dreams are going to be inside the home. Some of those dreams are going to be outside of the home, potentially for some mothers, not for all. But that we can't ignore them. We cannot ignore that desire to knit more. We cannot desire that, uh, ignore that desire to make bread from scratch. We can't ignore the desire to um, start a podcast. We cannot ignore the desire to work professionally, if that is what we've been called to do because our children want us to be happy. And when we are happy, I argue, we are much better mothers. We are filled with energy. This 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 tiredness that sometimes come when our blue flame is not being stoked and taken care of, that is the antidote or the, the, that is like, it's, it's a problem. <laughs> it is a problem. We need to ensure that we're not forgetting the things that fired us up before we became moms or the things that continue to um, fuel us and give us passion in motherhood.
0: I agree with everything that you just said, especially the part of not giving up who you are and, and what your fulfillment is. And one of our listeners actually sent in a little clip um, that we aired in our podcast of whether moms can do it all. And I like what she said to the fact that what you were talking about that, you know, sometimes we do use our kids as an excuse for not doing something, not, not to not recognize its challenges because we've been talking about those obviously and the hurdles and everything, but at the same time, not to, you know, find the time in the day or find those 15 minutes that you're talking about, or fill the baby out with the bathwater, what you were saying, and or just use our kids kind of like as an excuse, like, oh, well, I'm a mom, so I can't do it. I was just curious when you're talking about delegating and then also bedtime, does your husband play a role in that as well? Um, do you ask your husband to, or how does that look like? Because I know that some moms do engage their husbands, some don't. Um, some. Some moms have a hard time getting help from their husbands. What does your situation look like and what do you advise other moms on?
1: Yeah, I, I think you always have to involve your husband in your dreams. Uh, this is a question I get asked a lot about. I, I just did a whole um, webinar series actually on on this exact topic. Um, it, it, you've got to involve your husband. It, 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 resentment and all these kinds of things build up when we expect other people to read our minds. Let's just be very frank. Your husband doesn't know what your dreams are if you don't tell him. And sometimes people ask me, like, okay, well, how do I have a conversation? How do I involve him in my dreams? Honestly, you just do. You just say, like, I, I ask people to to blame it on me often, you know, like, oh, I was listening to this webinar by Lisa Canning or I was in, you know, the possibility mom success circle on Facebook. Like, and Lisa Canning was saying this. And I literally say, blame it on me. <laughs> but to have the conversation. To just say, gosh, I love our life. Um, what would an even better version of our life look like? Um, you know, how, honey, what, what, what would you rate our, our life on a scale of one to 10? What would you say? Okay, if it's not a 10, what would get it towards a 10? And just ask those questions very, um, uh, with a real heart of possibility and openness and see what happens. So I think that's really where we we need to begin is involving our spouses in our dreams. And then, of course, realizing that everyone has a different capacity and we have to respect that. So mental illness plays a a big role in our our marriage. My husband has suffered from depression um, pretty seriously in the past and has ongoing challenges with anxiety. And so uh, we've become very, I would say, sensitive, I would say, to um, the... Division of um, household duties and those kinds of things. I know when my husband needs a quiet moment. I can tell now pretty uh, quickly um, when something is going to spike his anxiety. So we've, we've learned um, what works for our family. And I think, to be honest, it might not be um, uh, the answer that is the most um, um, helpful, but it's a truthful one is that everyone has to decide this for themselves, in my opinion, that everyone has to. Um, just have open and frank conversations um, about what the distribution of work and the load of parenting looks like.
0: Thank you for sharing that about your husband, and then also mental health because I think that that's a big aspect. that's also always or usually left out of the conversation. Also, the me- mental health of the mother too. You know, and, and juggling everything. So I think that that's really good to factor into the decision making as well. So, well, Lisa, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. Before leaving, I. I, I don't know. You probably answered this already in in some form or another, but maybe directly if you could answer the question that we ask every mom is, what's an example of a time when you realize it's okay to not be a perfect mom and okay to be a good one instead?
1: Emily, every single day. <laughs> every day. I mean, I've got, I got eight kids ages 10 and under my if you could see what is on the other side of the wall like i'm literally sitting on the floor of my messy walk-in closet literally on the other side of the walk-in closet it sounds like elephants like literal elephants just banging you know just banging around the house um every day every day sometimes multiple times a day i have to remind myself like lisa this is this is good like this is this is good <laughs> and um I think that I think moms have more power than they know. I think we all have within us the ability to plan our calendars well, to show up for the people that we need well, um, and that we all have a superpower. Inside of us. I really do. I actually developed a whole quiz on what's your mom's superpower. You can take my quiz on my website if you're curious what it is. But I I really do believe that um, when we become moms, something pretty amazing gets unlocked in us. Um, And it really is just a matter of the skills, like learning the skills um, to put that superpower um, into the right kind of action
0: that's the perfect way to end. And I didn't know that you had that, that quiz on your website. It's it's what's your superpower? Is
1: that what it is? What's your Yeah, what's your mom's superpower? You can find it at lisacanning.ca or um, even just in my Instagram uh, bio at Lisa Canning.
0: Awesome. Okay, well, we'll link to that in our show notes. And where can people find their find your book if they want to purchase it or read it?
1: Anywhere you love to buy books, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Chapters Indigo in Canada, anywhere you love to buy books.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. And thank you so much for coming on. And I know so so many moms will be inspired and find this conversation useful. So thank you so
1: much. My pleasure, Emily. Thanks for having me.